0: Today on The Talent Cast, if you listen very closely, very closely, not necessarily to my voice, but listen very closely, you can hear every vendor getting their pitchforks ready. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to The Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books, we're not here to pitch software, this is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better an employer brand talent acquisition, for you to win the war for talent. Yes, that's a bad metaphor. Yes, people shouldn't say it. Yes, it's also my Twitter handle, so I can't help you. This will not be your standard podcast. This will be a little goofy, a little weird, a little bit of me. Hopefully, you're going to learn something from it. If you like it, please tell people. Uh, if you like it a lot, review us on iTunes and Google Play. Otherwise, you can hear, learn more about us, or talk to us directly on Twitter, again, at The War for Talent, or just go to our website, thetalentcast.com. So, that having been said, here's the show. Hey, how you doing, James Ellis? Thanks so much for joining us and changing the conversation around recruiting, hiring an employer brand. Uh, yeah, this is not going to be a fun one for you vendors. Uh, I'm not, I mean, Lord knows I've been in your shoes. I know what your job is like. It's not an easy job. It's not necessarily always a fun job. I may be making it worse. And I apologize. This isn't personal, but I do think we need to start with this simple idea that technology, new technology, cool, sexy technology is not a strategy. Okay, let's just put that out there. But we focus on technology because it's there. Because, frankly, it's easy to sell. I can sell you a tool. It's very hard to sell you a strategy. Why? Because it's very easy for you to convince your boss to spend $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 on a tool and it's very hard to get them to spend that kind of money on something that's called a strategy. Why? Because when you quote unquote buy a strategy, what you end up with is a deck and a binder that most likely sits on a shelf and collects dust. Just that's just how it is. Most companies don't know what to do with a strategy. Most people don't understand the difference between strategy and, and, and tactics, unfortunately. You're better than that. You know better. You're a avid listener to this podcast, and you know that tactics are fun and cool and exciting and interesting, but if you don't have them connected to a strategy, what good are they? But those vendors, those wonderful vendors who dangle all sorts of wonderful things in front of you, all sorts of claims about how this technology will increase the number of applicants, or that technology will increase the number of conversions, or this technology makes it easy to source people of, you know, diverse uh, backgrounds, or what have you. Whatever they're pitching, technology is easy to pitch. It's a tool. It's it's it's. I mean, not tangible per se. It's still software more than likely, uh, unless you're they're selling you some magic phone or a pager or something. Why they do that, I don't know, but. Technology is easy to justify to you, to your boss, to your boss's boss, to the per. to, I mean, you've got, chances are, you might work for a company that you've got a whole team of people who do nothing but procure software. Your procurement team does nothing but worry about this stuff. They generally don't procure strategy or consulting time, right? You're too smart to need that stuff, right? he says, giggling internally. Um, but you want technology, and they have you have systems designed around, okay, what technology are you buying? Your boss says, okay, the budget's coming up. What technology do you want to buy? You know, your, your strategy de- depends on, I'm going to stop buying X and start buying Y. And that's the wrong way to think about stuff. Now, having said that, I love technology. I mean, I am a guy with a podcast from, I mean, come on, I know exactly what this is about. I love technology, I like to use technology, I've got a nice phone, I've got a nice laptop, I, I <laughs> stare at both of them all day long. Without technology, I'm not sure exactly what I do all day. Uh, I love it. However, without a strategy around that technology, the tra- technology is worthless. For example, and I'm going to pick on a company that I like, so put that in mind. A company called Textio. Some of you have heard of it, some of you have not. What it is is text. not to pitch it because I'm not getting any money from them. Um, they've done uh, data analysis where they looked at millions and millions and millions and millions of job descriptions and said, huh, turns out that some job descriptions are very, very well read and accepted and people respond to them very well and some job descriptions, you know, aren't. And they went, okay, well let's reverse engineer some of this stuff and figure out that it turns out that a great job description is X percentage Uh, paragraph and why percentage bullet points, that it's using these words and trying not to use these words. It's, you know, hey, you should use a lot of you in your job description. You should talk to them and not just say what you, you know, what the company does and what the offer, you know, the opportunity is, but talk about the kind of person who might want to apply for this job. Hey, by the way, your job description skews very masculine or very feminine. Are you cool with that? Do you realize that? amazing technology not even a question amazing technology this is the sort of thing that four or five years ago couldn't exist in any scale right this is amazingly new stuff and I know plenty of companies who are hot to talk to Textio and work with them Uh, they're regarded as one of the cool new and I know they've actually been around for about three or four years now uh, so they're not that new but really they've really hit their own they've really hit that critical mass of all the data they have access to and all the stuff that they can do the best part is they can deliver it to your company now every recruiter can use it to write job descriptions or every HR business partner or every hiring manager whoever you have that internally who writes job descriptions what's the pitch for that kind of tool well you know what it says it says you know you don't need to be a writer and you don't need to be a marketer almost anybody can write a pretty good job description it's not gonna be art it's not gonna be magical but if you follow along with the tool and use the tool appropriately you can make sure that the job descriptions you put out are not effectively shooting you in the foot, and not shooting your brand in the foot. right? If you've got a good-sized company, you've got 10 or 12 people writing job descriptions across the board, different locations, different countries, different teams, what have you. You know, Some are written by the recruiters. Some are written by the HR business partners. Some are written by the hiring managers. They're going to run the gamut, and some are going to be pretty okay, and some are going to be just total crap. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say most of them are going to be total crap. I've seen your job descriptions crap uh don't worry mine too don't worry <laughs> they're all crap um and to say look if nothing else again we're not writing art here we're not going to write the ma- we're not going to write the war and peace of job descriptions we're not going to write the infinite jest of job descriptions or the gone girl of job descriptions your job descriptions will not be riveting they will not be engaging to the point of i'm going to stop watching tv because i found this magical job description or I'm hooked on every word and I wonder, there's a plot twist halfway through. No, it's a job description, come on. But if you could say, here's a tool and for five figures, using the tool guarantees that your job descriptions are going to be pretty okay. Pretty okay. For example, they're going to make sure that they're not misspelled and that they don't skew masculine or feminine too far, or that they don't aren't just a list of requirements and and uh, acronyms that no one understands. That it's going to force the writer to remember who the audience is and trying to write more stuff. Now you can write a job description using a tool like that. That's still pretty mediocre. If you even if you hit a nice high score, and by the way, it's a scoring system. Um, it doesn't mean it's art but it means that there's no bad ones and if you say look there's no bad apples in this particular barrel generally that's good now who does it matter for well it's going to solve the problem generally of helping people who see your jobs decide they want to apply giving them a better reason why they should apply okay that's a problem it's solving It's bringing the level of job descriptions up a couple of notches. That is a solution to a problem. Now, perhaps you've got a writer on staff who does nothing but write job descriptions. Good for you. (laughs) You are a rarity, certainly. Uh, Or perhaps you like to write job descriptions. And I know a handful of you wackos really like to write job descriptions in the same way I like to write resumes. Again, I appreciate that you are a total nerd bomber for these things. Love you for it. Um, I don't particularly love writing job descriptions, um, especially in a big company where there's lots of different roles and lots of different reasons for being in team culture. So different and you want to reflect it because you don't want to write a job description wherein, uh, you're explaining that this is a culture of, um, fun and happy go lucky and super flexible. And it turns out that particular team, not so much. And then they show up and they go, what happened to fun and happy go lucky and flexible? And They said, yeah, no, that no, that no, we're like this now. Oh, and then they leave, and you have an attrition problem, and you're back to square one where you've invested in that person and trained them, and they've just left. So, well, where is I going? I really don't know. Yeah, here we go. So the technology, technology is there to support the solution to a problem. And frankly, knowing what your problem is is so important and so hard to define because it means if you can't say, look, I'm just going to slap some technology like it's a piece of duct tape on, the, on a crack in the wall and say I fixed it, Because every new piece of technology works within what we would refer to as your tech stack or your ecosystem. Yes, you, HR recruiter type people, have a tech stack. You have your ATS more than likely, you may have a CRM, you may have a website, you may have social media, you may have uh, content tools, you may have sourcing tools, you may have ad networks that you're spending for, and then don't forget you got to spend a little money on LinkedIn now and then, you know, you've got Glassdoor and you've got uh, uh, The Muse and you've got all these places that can promote your content and, you know, again, not making any money from any of these people. I'm just saying this is a general tech stack. You see this over and over and over again. You bring in a new piece of technology, where does it fit? Huh? Where is it? Is it overlapping on some tool? Does that mean you need to spend less money on that tool? Does that mean that changes how you use that tool? You're introducing new ideas. And the problem is, is when we introduce these new ideas and new technologies, without a strategy, you're just saying, look, I brought you a new toy to play with. I'll let you all figure out how to use it. Now, your recruiters who have abundant time on their hands, he says, ha ha ha, Are going to invest lots of time researching the best way to use that tool no they won't and they're going to appropriately apply that tool because they have a big picture understanding of the hiring process they don't their job i'm sorry is to not get yelled at by putting butts in seats and if the best way to do that is to use this new tool they'll figure out something but they don't aren't necessarily positioned to be the person who can think strategically now you may be lucky enough to have a recruiter who is strategically minded and Please be aware, that is not everyone. That is a, I'd I'd call it uh, uncommon, how's that? Uncommon's a good way to put that. Uh, Most recruiters are very transactional, they're very salesy. Most salespeople aren't strategists, they're transactional, they want to get this done. I will give you this, you give me that. I will give you information, you give me your resume. I will ferry you through this process if you give me the information I need to bring to the hiring manager to tell them that they're interested in this job. They're very sales-minded and that generally isn't a strategic position. Marketing is a little more strategic. Now, well, let's not get into the difference between sales and marketing there. This is not the episode for that. But if you introduce this technology and you don't have a strategy around it, the recruiter is just gonna be too busy to figure out what that strategy should be and either jam it into their tech stack or throw it away altogether. And I know plenty of recruiters who keep being introduced to new technology and go, I don't get how this works. I don't get how this fits. So I'm just gonna ignore it because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what leads to that stupid uh, cartoon you see on every sales uh, LinkedIn profile or in every sales desk where it's like, there's a guy and he's got Uh, Square wheels and on a cart and he's pushing and there's a guy behind him with a round wheel and they say no No, I don't have time to talk to him. I'm busy pushing this cart And the implication is if only they would stop and think about it a little more strategically They'd understand there's a tool that can help solve their problem, right? That's every salesperson's lament The problem is we bring in those tools and someone gets excited by that tool and introduces and buys that tool to the team and doesn't Show how it fits within the strategy. It just sits there and dies it gets dormant, it gets wasted and use, and, and, and becomes a useless tool. You don't want that. You just spent real money on that tool. You want to make sure it's used. That's why you need to introduce a strategy. For example, if you're moving from a model in which you're being completely transactional, meaning I'm going to get a person and I'm going to fill my, my uh, pipeline and I want to make sure I have 100 to 150 applicants for every rec from that kind of pool, I'm certain to at least find somebody who is qualified, who the hiring manager won't object to, so I can put the butt in the seat and I can move along to the next gig, right? Does that sound like most recruiters you know? I'm, I'm going to guess it's still most recruiters, and certainly not all, but it's probably most. Now, what's, what the, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is how do we build a more inbound system where we say people want to talk to us, people want to know about our company. You know, I don't think Google worries about its its pipeline. Facebook doesn't worry about a pipeline. They know that for pretty much every job they have thousands and thousands of applicants, and it's really more a matter of how do I filter through those to find the person who's the most qualified, the best, most impactful player I can put in that seat. Okay, They're very transactional, but from a very different vantage point. They don't have to be relationship or inbound focused because the people come to them, which I guess is technically an inbound situation. But what if you decided to move to a place where uh, you needed to be more relationship-based, where you're saying, look, we're going to, instead of sending out a res or sending out an opening to people when we're cold emailing and cold calling these people, what if you sent a piece of information? What if you sent an ebook? What if you sent an article and teaches them more about the industry, right? What if you said, here's something useful for you? I'm not asking for anything in return, but here's something you might. Because you work in the X industry or because you have title Y, here's something you might find useful or interesting. Here, just take it. Now, that's not how recruiters think normally. They usually go, okay, hey, I don't know you. Can you, know, and, and this turns into a Carly Ray epi- uh, a, sh- a song, but hey, uh, I don't know you and this is crazy, but here's a job wreck. So email me maybe or apply for me maybe. Um, and that's, that's, that's completely transactional. Strategically, you want, to, or you want to think about how you would shift strategies. So for example, if you're moving to this more relational style where you're building a relationship, I'm sending you valuable information, and you start to like me and my brand, and then by the way, six months later, uh, you're ready to look for a job, and I'm the first person you talk to, that's a very different strategy. And it requires a very different set of tools to enable and engender that strategy. So you start with the strategy and then you figure out, what is the tech ecosystem we need to support that strategy? If you're purely about how do I source X number of people to put Y number of people in a pipeline, your tech stack is radically different than making sure you're feeding people good information. For example, the difference between transactional relationship might be, okay, transactional is going to be I need a lot of LinkedIn seats for all my recruiters. Maybe I need like an Intello or some other uh, resourcing tool where I can find people and I can identify their email addresses or maybe i got some plugins on my, on my browser I can help kind of find out what their social channels are, what their email addresses address is Um, It's just push, 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 push. And what am I going to push? Their job description. Well, gosh, if the job description is going to be the thing you're pushing the most, you better have a good one. Oh, I guess I better buy a tool that helps me write better job descriptions. And once I push that job description, what happens then? Well, I guess I better, you know, since I've given them very little information about my brand and my company, I guess I better have a website that works so that when they see the job description, they go, who the hell is this company? And they click on the link and they see the job description. They click on the learn more about jobs here and they have some stories. Here. Well I guess you have better have a website with some stories. Maybe you should invest in a video or two to kind of see, you have a strategy and the tech stack supports it completely different strategy. You're all about uh, building relationships and then letting people decide they're ready to apply, and you're doing it on a more, more consultative model. Great. What do you need? Well, you might need some recruiter seats because you're re- reaching out, and maybe you still need an Intel, but maybe you don't need as much. Maybe you need other tools that help you identify, or maybe you're asking your recruiters to spend more time on Facebook or in LinkedIn groups, though, frankly, LinkedIn groups kind of going away. Um, or on GitHub, or other places where people are active and and talking and you can find and identify people who are exactly what you want. Then what do you do? Well you're going to send them stuff. Great. How do you send them stuff? email. So you might need an email tool where you say, okay, look, I've identified this person as a Java Java designer, Java programmer and I want to feed them technology stories related to Java and programming. Great. How do I do that? How do I manage that without going absolutely insane? You might need an email tool that allows for segmentation of audiences like a CRM, right? In the first model you didn't really need a CRM. You just get them to apply and you're good to go. This is a different model where you're focused on a CRM and avoiding the ATS altogether. You're not talking about jobs, you're talking about the brand. You're offering educational materials or information where they understand. And then once they're interested, you make sure that they know exactly where to go. What's the easiest way to raise their hand and say, yes, I want more information or yes, I'm ready to talk about jobs. You give them that tool. So if you're going to be pushing those emails out there, you better track who's reading them. Because if you're sending a hundred emails to various Java developers, you want to know who actually cares so that when you do have a Java job and you say, hey, would you be interested in, you're not throwing those emails out to deaf ears. You're talking to the people who have opened every single email, who have clicked on those links, who are actually engaging with your content. That requires an email tracking system. That's a whole different tech stack. If I decided to land, give you an email system and hand it to the first, uh, the transactional tool, what would they do with it? How would it fit? What would they, what would work for them? Well, it wouldn't. And you'd probably have a person you're spending a good deal of money on having them write content and send out emails and the recruiters don't understand why. They don't understand how that changes the conversations they should be having. The technology can change the strategy, but really, if you're just throwing technology at a a problem, you're in trouble. You need to start with the strategy. And how do you start with strategy? You start with your audience. Who are you trying to hire? Are you trying to hire uh, customer service people? Are you trying to hire people who are plumbers and and, and skilled workers? Are you trying to hire developers? Are you trying to hire salespeople? Are you trying to hire account managers? Who are you trying to hire? Once you understand who they are, do a deep dive. What do they do? Where do they work? Where do they go online? What do they respond to? What do they care about? What are their motivations? Who are the kinds of salespeople you want? Who are the kinds of plumbers and skilled trades you want? Who are the kinds of account managers who work best for you? Are they consultative? Are they salesy? Are they sharks? Are they sheep? What are they? What are they motivated by? Great. Once you understand that, you pick your strategy which reaches out to them. A strategy, for example, changing from that transactional to more relationship model means the pipelines get much, much bigger but much, much slower. It might take months of feeding a great candidate good stories and videos and articles and what have you before they go, I'm ready for a change and you are the first person I want to talk to. Which, of course, is the ultimate. That's like the, the, the platonic ideal of every recruiter is that people come to the recruiters, that great people come to the recruiters. Not people who waste their time, great people. Let's say your strategy is all about uh, uh, ramping up referrals. Great. If you buy a tool that helps engender referrals, but you just throw it at your recruiting team without explaining that the strategy is to focus more on referrals and less on cold emails, how does that work? They're suddenly going to be inundated with referrals, and they're going to say, well, wait, I'm just going to treat them like everybody else because no one told me this was a special strategy. And all those referred people complain to their friends who referred them who work in the company, and they start realizing, well, gosh, the recruiters don't seem to care that these are referrals. They're not treating them special. I guess I'm stopping. Your strategy not communicated is now dead because you didn't implement it and communicate it to everybody who is using it throwing them a tool didn't solve your problems. In fact, throwing them a new tool without a strategy more than likely causes problems instead of solving them. Right? If you have, all, you know, if you just have a wrench and suddenly so you have a new wrench, you're trying to figure out now you're spending more time trying to figure out which wrench you're going to use. That wastes time. It makes problems harder. If you don't understand the strategy of buying a brand new tool and learning how to implement it and how it changes how you use other tools or what the broader implications might be, it wastes time, it wastes energy, and in fact may backfire. The law of unintended consequences right, drives a, a huge part of this. So please, invest in tools like Textio. They're great tools, but how do you use them? Who's going to use them? How will it change the process? What is the broader strategy? Does, Investing in better job descriptions, is that simply good hygiene? Or have you decided that as a strategy, better job descriptions leads to XYZ and this is how you're going to work with them, and this is how you're going to use them, and this is how you're going to uh, uh, utilize them in order to attract and engage the best talent? If you don't have that crystal clear in your mind and have it communicated to all the stakeholders and the people who use these tools, this new technology that you just spent a good chunk of your uh, budget on is a waste of money and time, and I really want you to avoid that. I really want you to think about your strategy first. Look at your problems. Where are the issues? Top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, middle of the funnel. Are they not converting at the end? Can you get plenty of candidates in and they have the interviews and they're you, know, you've set, you, you fall in love with them and the hiring managers fall in love with them and you make the offer, but half of them say no? Well, gosh, what's the solution there? It's not better job descriptions. It's not a better ATS. It's something different. Maybe it's the interview process. Maybe it's the candidate experience in-house. Maybe the, the, the brand is being communicated one way online before the application and during the application and communicated radically differently once they reach the interview stage. I see that a lot. That's a problem. And you don't solve that with a Textio. You don't solve that with a HubSpot. You don't solve that with a Clinch. You don't solve that with whoever the new cool, sexy technology today is. That's not necessarily how you solve that. And unless you understand your recruiting and hiring and employer brand strategy, stop buying stuff. Stop what you're doing. Put the, put the podcast down. Put your computer down. Put the checkbook down. And think about, truly, what are the problems you're solving? And think from a clean sheet of paper. If you were solving today... Your problems today with nothing and you didn't have these investments in your ats and linkedin and glassdoor and all these other places you might have investments in if you started with a clean sheet of paper where would you put your money because truly after years and years and years of being expected to spend money on linkedin and then glassdoor and ats and those numbers went up and up and up now the game gets different Everybody is able to communicate. Everybody's able to reach people. The world is different. One time, LinkedIn was super sexy and super brand new, and it was solving the problem of how do you find people? How do you source people who aren't already in your network? Solved a problem. It radically helped It changed people. It helped people radically change their own strategies. Now, now that everybody has access to that tool, it makes the ground level. So, for example, let's go back to Textio, not to to, to beat it to death or anything, but let's say you invest in Textio and all your job descriptions get much, much better. Good for you. And that's probably helping you on some level, maybe a lot of levels. Maybe it's exactly the solution you needed. What happens when your competition also invests in Textio and their job descriptions get just as good as yours? All your advantage just went away. What happens when all your competitors invest in Textio or at least whatever the tech CEO's competition will end up being, because, you know, how do you not? Uh, in competition always pops up. What happens when everybody's job descriptions go from crap to pretty darn okay? What happens when job descriptions are baseline at pretty darn okay and some are actually actually kind of good? What happens then? You're spending five figures just to get up to baseline? Time to change your strategy not change your tactic not change your tool if you change your tool and you suddenly have crappy job descriptions you're dead you're dead in the water what are you gonna do thinking about that strategically is how you're gonna win the fight is how you're gonna win the right talent that's what it is it's not about new technology I love new technology but just buying new technology does not solve problems that that doesn't even you know (laughs) that doesn't even get into change management how do you implement such that everybody knows what it is and how to use it and when to use it and when to not use it and that includes recruiters that recruits hr that includes business partners that includes hire managers that includes everybody all your stakeholders how do they understand that if you're moving towards a referral based strategy that means you want everybody in the company to refer people do you have a marketing campaign around that so that everybody knows they're expected to refer good people no well what's going to happen when you launch crickets you have, to, you have to see the whole board. You have to see the whole thing. You've got to understand the strategy. Technology, sometimes, if you get lucky, solves a particular problem, but just as often will create more because it's not integrated to a larger strategy. That's all I wanted to say. So with that, uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, uh, feel free to review us. Feel free to contact me on Twitter or the website at TheWarForTalent or TheTalentCast.com. Uh, otherwise, anything going on? No, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.